Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hope you all had an amazing weekend. Welcome to episode 69 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Stevensville, Maryland, as Allison Corbin takes home the weekly honors. Allison came out with the hot bat on the first day of the Elite Fall Showcase in Illinois this past Friday, as she went 5 for 7 with three home runs, as her and the Virginia Glory National Williamson CC team won the first two games of the tournament. Great job, Allison, and best of luck moving forward. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with Aussie Olympian and current University of Washington Husky pitcher, Gabby Plain. Gabby is only 23 years old and has already had enough awards and accolades many would be proud of for an entire career. She is a three-time All-Pac-12 First Team winner, two-time First Team All-American, the 2021 Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year, and USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year top three finalists, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Gabby about getting her start in the game down in Australia, her time on the national scene down there, how she decided on joining the Huskies, and of course, competing at the recent Olympic Games in Tokyo. Gabby was such a pleasure to chat with, and it was so awesome to get to talk one-on-one with not only this amazing talent, but person as well. So grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom, could you, could you say that? Here we go. Gabby, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. How are things going out in Seattle? Um, yeah, they're going great. It's fantastic being back with the girls. Um, it's starting to get a little bit cloudy and rainy, which, I mean, makes it a little bit harder to get up in the mornings, but still loving the experience anyways. <laughs> Isn't it always cloudy and rainy in Seattle? <laughs> Majority of the time, yes. <laughs> So what's been on the go since, uh, you know, since you got done in Tokyo? Uh, I had two weeks of quarantine back in Australia, uh, and then I got to spend uh, about a month back home with my family, which was really good. I, um, home is always home really. So mm-hmm. anytime I get to like to spend with them is fantastic. And, um, then, yeah, I came back here and started back up at school, started training and, that's pretty much been about hit. Right on. So how are things looking for this season with the Huskies? I mean, have you, you guys already played in the fall tournament, haven't you? Yes, we have played our first fall tournament. Um, we have uh, quite a few newbies and we've lost quite a lot of old ones. But even saying that, it's like the environment that we've already started creating is uh, really good. So I'm actually quite excited to see what the season brings for us that's awesome that's awesome like are you you're able to go back because of because of the pandemic year is that is that correct yes yes i i spent about eight months back at home okay okay so yeah so that that but that the 2020 season that got canceled that's the reason that you can go back as a as a graduate student yes yeah it they gave everyone a year back of eligibility um and with how things were supposed to be spanning out for uh, the 2020 year, I had actually pushed back my degree a little bit to make my load a little bit easier. So it actually ended up 
working out all right. I needed the extra year anyways. Uh, it's just a benefit that I get to end up playing it with it too. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm pretty sure Coach Tar loves that. <laughs> um, little thing we do on the podcast here to, to you know kind of break the ice. Uh, start with a thing we call quick pitches. I'm going to throw out uh, some random questions to you, and you answer them as best you can. All righty. All right. We'll get started here. Uh, best thing about growing up in Harrington Park? Oh, um, probably just the area that it was. I was really close to my high school, a bit further away from primary school, but I ended up growing up with a lot of friends around my age group. Okay. So is that like a, is that a suburb above Sydney, is it? Yes. One of the outer suburbs. I'm about an hour away from Sydney. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. Uh, next one. Best place to eat in Seattle? Ooh, uh, I will probably go for Crab Pot. They do this really great, like massive spread where if you order a specific thing, it comes and they dump it all out onto the table and oh. you just dig in with your friends. It's pretty great. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're stuck on a deserted island, what's one thing you definitely need? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I'm probably going to go with a tent. <laughs> Just, I don't like sleeping out in the weather. So if I'm protected, I should be fine. I should be able to figure things out from there. Oh, absolutely. Good one. Uh, do you have a Halloween costume picked out for this year? Uh, I do not. I In Australia, Halloween is not as big as ah. America. So, uh, growing up there, I... <laughs> sort of threw together whatever I could if I was ever celebrating Halloween, if ever. So that kind of stopped for me when I was very young. <laughs> so do you guys don't do it like a, a team function or anything like for Halloween? Uh, we do. I am definitely probably the last person to have any sort of idea what their Halloween costume is going to be. <laughs> um, we'll probably buy it the weekend before that'll suit me fine <laughs> right on i'm the same way i never have anything picked out uh next one is a flip-flop really a thong yes flip-flops <laughs> in australia are called thongs uh and then i have heard a bunch of different ones from across uh the country like i know it's called something different in hawaii but yeah, they are called thongs. <laughs> See, I think when I think of like, I can remember my mother always saying, like, go get my thong sandals. And I consider those sandals, not, not flip flops. Fair enough. Maybe, it, maybe it's different up here in Canada. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, next one. Hitter that's given you the most trouble in your college career. Oh, um, that's a, that's definitely a tough one. Not too many. <laughs> uh, um, most trouble, probably Kinsey Washington from UCLA. She just seems to be able to get back to ball. <laughs> right on. Good pick. Uh, two more here. Uh, favorite place to pitch besides Husky Stadium? Oh, um, Probably, it probably has to be Oklahoma, really, doesn't it? The mm. environment there is just like nothing I've ever seen. So. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to ask you about that later on. So that's good to know. <laughs> uh, last one. I've asked every Aussie guest I've had on, had on the podcast here. Uh, how good is Vegemite? <laughs> um, it's very good if you've grown up with it. Um, uh, can be a bit salty for anyone who's not used to it. <laughs> that's pretty much the exact answer I've gotten from everybody. So I, yeah. I, I really want to try it. Like I'm intrigued to really try it. Yeah. Well, if you have it the right way, which is on some toast. That's exactly it. Yeah. Toast. Toast. I've been told. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with every guest, we like to ask them on the podcast, uh, tell us when and where you got your start in the game. Um, so I started out at my club, MacArthur. Um, which is in Camden, about 10 minutes down the road from where I lived. Uh, at around, I want to say six years old, seven years old, um, I did actually start as a catcher. I didn't start pitching until I was around 13 years old. Oh, and wow. Yeah, I started quite late um, in comparison to a lot of people. 
and yeah, just sort of playing representatives there, playing every level that I could that I was allowed to, and just kept going. Right on. So what's the uh, so what was the program like when you started? When you were like six years old, was it was it like a t-ball or was it uh, you know just like a like a basically a parent pitching the the ball in or or, or how was it? Yeah, it was definitely t-ball at that age. I didn't start mod ball until I was probably I actually got brought up into it uh, at around eight or nine years old. Um, but yeah, I definitely played t-ball. My first representative team was in a boys team because we didn't have enough girls at the time. Right. So yeah, I uh, started with t-ball, went to mod ball, which I'm not sure if that's a common thing around the world, but it's like that in-between stage. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, softball, probably very young. <laughs> right on. So did, did you have a love for the game right off the get go or, or did that progress as you got older? I think that I've always quite enjoyed softball. Like I've always loved uh, the, <clears throat> sorry, the teammates that I've had and the game itself and the added benefit of being able to travel just all over the world has been fantastic. So yeah, I think when I was young, I was definitely doing a whole bunch of sports, but softball was the one that stuck. Right. What, what, what else were you playing? Um, I can't say I necessarily remember if I was any good, but I was definitely doing track and field. Um, <laughs> Uh, that stuck with me a little bit, mostly the field aspect. Can't say I'm too much of a runner. Um, <laughs> I played netball when I was very young, um, stopped it around the time I started pitching and then just some like other sports, mostly with my family, like cricket, uh, rugby, all those sorts of stuff just at family get togethers, but playing during um, high school and stuff as well, just for fun as well. Right. So w when you say netball, what exactly is netball? So it's played on a court like basketball, but it's divided into three sections where certain uh, members of the team can only go in one or two sections at a time. And it's kind of like ultimate Frisbee met basketball, where as soon as you catch the ball, you have to stop moving altogether and pass it down the court. So it's a very fast game and the actual hoop doesn't have a backboard. So you have to go up and straight in. Okay. I think I saw, oh yeah, I think I saw something on YouTube, but that I'm, I'm definitely going to Google this after we're done this because <laughs> that's intriguing. Um, yeah. 2014 and 15 seem to be your coming out party back home on a national level as, you know, playing at the U 17 championships with new South Wales. Um, what do you remember about those two nationals? Um, my, I remember my first nationals. I really had only just started pitching. So I was in my uh, probably second or third year of pitching. And there were some older girls that threw harder, threw their spots better. So I was at the time not considered the number one pitcher. But I remember a piece of like advice that I got given, which was if you want to be there, you can. You just have to work for it. Um, Good advice. Like, we see you being there in the future, but you're just not quite there yet. And so I remember getting that and being like, okay, well, if I want to pitch and have fun in games, then I'm going to have to get better and uh, work to try to try and like – uh, beat these other players because at the time they were definitely much better. They'd been pitching for a lot longer than I had. Um, so yeah, I knew, I knew I needed to get stronger. And then the next year, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, um, ended up playing really well, I think. And yeah, I've just enjoyed all of the aspects of pitching ever since. I think the, the drive to, have fun, but also compete at all levels is probably been there since I was very young. And yeah, just getting the opportunity to do that at all different levels and seeing the just strength of hitters at all those different levels has mm -hmm. been uh, a challenge that I've really enjoyed. Right on. 
When you say got wiser at, at 16 years of age, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so 2015, you would uh, play on the world stage for the first time at the WBSC with Junior Worlds in OKC. How special was that first time representing Australia? Oh, it was an incredible experience. I had no idea what to expect. Um, I knew we were going to come up against some really tough teams. And I remember we didn't quite get the result we wanted. A lot of our games were really close, like 2-1, 1-0. But we couldn't quite manage to break through. And I just remember really enjoying the experience. I uh, loved being there with the girls that I was there with. Um, I loved having just that little bit tough of competition that they do have different hitting styles. So I knew like I'd noticed that the USA team hit differently to the Japanese team and the Chinese Taipei team and all of that. So with each new team brought a new hitting style, a new challenge, something that I could try and like work out. And I remember that sticking with me. Right on. So like, yeah, that, that's the thing I like with Japan, especially like, aren't they a prototypical, like, you know, running slap team? They can be. Yeah. I remember like they had periods of time where they would work on and almost practicing games, the different types of hitting that they wanted. So they would have a couple of innings where they would do the running and slapping. And then they would have a couple of innings where they would just hit away. And so they were really adept at being able to pretty much execute all aspects of the game. Hmm. And it was definitely a challenge. Uh, I don't think I pitched against them my first round, but uh, we, or the second round, actually, I remember Tani pitched that game in the second year of junior worlds. So yeah, I just remember watching them and seeing how much of a challenge it was for our girls to try and get them out. And yeah, they just were exceptional. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, they're, they're definitely a powerhouse in the, in the softball world when it comes to women's fast pitch, that's for sure. Um, definitely. So was playing in the NCAA always on your radar for you growing up or, you know, did, was that just something that came like one year? Yeah, it wasn't, Originally an option, I don't think. I remember my dad asking me when I was younger if I wanted to go there, but I wasn't too sure. I didn't have a lot of um, sort of exposure to that environment. I knew it a couple of girls had gone over, mm. but probably the one thing that got me thinking about it a little bit more was a girl that lives around the corner from me ended up heading over uh, to play for her college seasons. And yeah, that was what brought it into our lives. My dad was like, do you want to go? <laughs> I think I said, I don't know. I think it, it would be kind of cool, I suppose. Yeah. So from that point onwards, we started looking into it and realized just how many schools there were, Yeah, um, which shocked us like learning that just division one had almost 300 schools. So right. yeah, I, it was definitely a last minute thing. And I remember as soon as I started looking, I found out that I had come into this very late and a lot of schools were booked up for many years to come, <laughs> found it a little bit difficult, but was very lucky that even just the schools that reached out to me and replied to me, uh, I was very lucky that I ended up where I am. How, how did your recruiting process go? Like, did you, did you end up sending videos over or, or something like that? Cause that's usually how I see it. Like right now I feel like Twitter's the, <laughs> that's how people get their content out right now is sending it to coaches on Twitter, which I find absolutely crazy. Yeah. I, um, I didn't actually have a lot of social media back then. So I didn't really have too much access to that area. Mm. And I ended up going onto a recruiting website and just spammed as many coaches as I could. <laughs> um, all of like, I went through certain schools looking at um, the degree that I wanted and wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to look and get that degree in the future. Mm. Um, but I was originally not even looking up 
this high because I was like, up north, it's cold. Like, <laughs> it's, it's snowing and raining and it's cold. Like yeah. I'm from Australia. I don't really suit the cold, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but luckily my dad ended up running into an alumni of the school and she was talking about it with him and how beautiful it was and the culture. And so we ended up looking at Washington as well as many schools in the South. <laughs> so what led to the decision to attend University of Washington? I had a couple of phone calls with them and I really uh, enjoyed the culture that um, they were describing. I could see that the girls were all really close because we had a couple of sessions where we could see them over the back corner of the coach's shoulders. Um, <laughs> And then I was lucky enough to be able to one go on official go on an official visit to the school, and uh, fell in love with the program. The school itself, I knew it was a really great school from research, and the area was so beautiful. And then, uh, luckily, the coaches could also see me play and uh, see what I could do. Uh, as I had a tournament in Hawaii with the schoolgirls, Australian schoolgirls team. And so I don't know how things would have gone if I hadn't had that opportunity to play because taking a chance on someone that you've never seen perform in real life is probably a very difficult thing, especially when uh, there's oh, 100%. so many girls that <laughs> yeah. they have access to. So, yeah. So when you made your decision to go there, like, was there a big adjustment for you when you got to Seattle? It definitely was being so far away from my family mm. for one was, uh, quite difficult. I had been away from them for, I think max a month at a time with some of the tournaments that I'd gone to, but even then I'd still been able to like see them as they would come and watch and all this sort of stuff. So mm being that far away for so long, I don't think the gravity really hit me until they left. Right. Um, <laughs> and then, but I got to know all of the girls. They were really inviting from the get-go. Like I remember walking down the hill towards the stadium and just all of them turning and being like, Gabby, and like getting rushed by the entire team. Um, oh, wow. Like, oh, okay. This is... <laughs> super inviting. Oh, 100%. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So they definitely looked after me a lot. It was a very good setup, I think. Oh, that's definitely going to help, you know, oh, big time getting that kind of, yeah. uh, like that's huge. Cause I, I, how old would you have been? You would have been 18 around that time. Yeah. 18, 19, I think actually. At that yeah. Point, so, so I mean, uh, being at that age and uh, just, you know, being welcomed is, is huge, especially fr from an athlete's point of view. Yeah. And especially cause I, I think I had met and known probably about three of them beforehand. So getting invited into the group by the entire team, mm. I was hoping for that sort of environment and like I had seen it, but actually experience it it definitely made things a lot easier oh, no doubt no doubt now i know you had a had to make an adjustment in your pitching style when you came over um how long mm -hmm. did it take for you to get comfortable um to be honest i don't think i ever got really comfortable dragging until like last year <laughs> <laughs> actually you know what's funny because uh oh. I, I said this too because pitching back i'm um, going back to 07, 08, around there, I was pitching mm -hmm. here in Canada and I pitched down in the States in the ISCs and down in, down the States, you could pitch with one, one foot on the rubber, but up here in Canada, yep. we had to have two. And I found yep. that adjustment just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was because my body just always naturally wanted to jump. I had based my original style off a boy. So mm their jumping was even more aggressive than mine. Right. And yeah, trying to keep my toe on the ground. I had started to, but then got to like the first major tournament and got called out of a game with 10 illegal pitches or something like that in four <laughs> innings. I pitched over 100 pitches 
four innings. I was like, oh, this is, I definitely need to work on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the coaching staff was too. They're like, oh, we got to do something here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very close. I wasn't too far off the ground, but hmm. I was off the ground for long enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, it, you must've got the hang of it. Cause I mean, I mean, your freshman season, you put up amazing numbers for a freshman and you guys had a fantastic season, uh, making it all the way to the women's college world series finals. Uh, how awesome was it getting to experience that OKC atmosphere for the first time? Oh, it was incredible. I, we had pitched in stadiums where we had booked out stadiums and like a couple thousand people there. And then we got to OKC and the first day, the line to get in, even while we were starting our first game was out the door, out the stadium. Um, People were standing when there weren't enough seats. There were crowds everywhere, mostly wearing red. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, And that was definitely uh, something that I remember seeing at the beginning and then thinking, oh, yeah, our first game's against Oklahoma. That's right. (laughs) Um, So it was definitely like at that point in time, the experience of a lifetime and um, just getting the opportunity to go to that environment, play at that level where all of the teams are exceptionally good. Like there is no room for error because they will hit you out of the park Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, it was crazy. And I just remember like looking at everything after the game was over because for some reason, I seem to block everything <laughs> during the game. Well, that's, so a, that's a good thing, punch. though. <laughs> yeah, it's for, it's for sure a good thing. I've I've heard that that's not com- like the most common thing. So I don't hear anything. I don't see anything. And then I looked up and I was like, wow, there has got to be around 10,000 people here. This is <laughs> insane. <laughs> oh, that just reminded me. Have you seen the movie For the Love of the Game with Kevin Costner? I have not for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And he, in the movie, he does clear the net mechanism where he like blocks out everything. That's what I just pictured with you. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yep. so safe to say that win against number one ranked Oregon Ducks at the, at that world series ranks up there for you as a career highlight. Oh, for sure. Uh, watching Tyron pitch that game and then, uh, us getting the win over them when we had been swept during the year. Um, we were all just like, well, we've got to beat them. Like, doesn't matter what they did. We've just got to win. That's mm. the only thing that matters. We're, we're both here. That means we're both good enough. Um, and yeah, we ended up proving that. <laughs> yeah, I guess you did. <laughs> so what do you feel was your biggest takeaway from that first season, you know, that you've kept with you and your game to this day? Probably the biggest takeaway was Actually, after the first conference games against Oregon, I remember I had talked to an interviewer and uh, they asked me how it was to pitch two games in one conference like tournament. And I had said something along the lines of, I was glad I got the opportunity, but I didn't think I personally had been able to like do it. Like I didn't think, I didn't know if I was good enough to be able to pitch two games in a row or in a three game series. Right. And glass came up to me and he said, you should never say that it's you're putting yourself down right from the get go. All you've got to think is it's a new game. I, you've just got to go out there, do your thing. Because if you do that, the rest will play out. We've got a field for a reason. We have other pitches for a reason, but believe that you can do it because we may well need you in the future to be able to do that. And (laughs) then uh, getting to almost the end of the conference season and Taran Alvello being almost cut off from the rest of the season with a fractured rib. um, And they've gone, well, now you go, you're going to have to pitch three games against Oregon State. And then we're going to need you to be at your best because that's what the team needs. And I remember going, okay, well, that's 
just what's going to have to happen. Mm. Uh, I didn't even think about what had happened before. Uh, I didn't even like consider the possibility of if I was playing multiple teams once or playing the same team one or more times, who the teams were. I just think of that as a real turning point because it gave me the ability to see from a co- like our coach's perspective that like Taryn pitched almost her entire sophomore and freshman years by herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, if she can do it, so can you. And yeah, like just understanding that it didn't matter what type of pitcher I was, that I had like my job was my job. The way that I pitched could lead to certain outs by the grounds, whatever, like going through all of that and understanding there is really no limit to what any pitcher can do at college level. It was pretty much a game changer. Yeah, no, no, that's awesome advice. Like fantastic advice. Like um, you talked about Taryn there. Tell us about the one, two punch that you and Taryn had. How much did uh, she help in your development? Uh, it was, I am so happy that I got the opportunity to play with Taryn. She taught me so much. Um, about the game, about how she personally pitched and her like energy that she brought. I am not really that kind of pitcher, but being able to see how that impacts a team as well, um, especially in those big situations, it was pretty incredible. We had a very good dynamic um, where one of us could start, the next person could play the next game, or we could sort of flipping in and out for each other because we were just so completely different that it was good luck to any team that came up because you had me pitching low sixties and movement. And then you came in with Taryn pitching the opposite movement and seventies. So (laughs) quite a big adjustment for any team to make uh, really made it us both effective to work together. And we had just such a good, like relationship as well that we just enjoyed every opportunity we got. That's huge. Like when you had, like I was going to ask if you guys had like a healthy rivalry, but I mean, when you have two pitchers of both your calibers, I mean, when you both are on the same page, I mean, that's got to be terrible for other teams. Oh, definitely. It's, and especially when we weren't competing against each other, we were competing with each other. Mm. Like we knew we both had roles. We knew, like one of us could succeed and the other one would still be fine. Both of us would figure it out in the end. And yeah, it was, it was an incredible experience. And yeah, I, I know it probably definitely caused some issues for us, some other teams. <laughs> no doubt. Um, I want to touch on a couple things from last season. Uh, first, how cool was it to open the season with a perfect game? <laughs> oh, it was, it was uh, interesting because I really, had absolutely no idea that I was throwing. I was just enjoying the experience of being out there because COVID had cut me off from being around the team and seeing them and even training with them all the way up until I got back right before the season. Um, So I was just enjoying being out there again and seeing Sis at shortstop and Morgan at home and meeting the freshmen. I had not even met them yet. So... um, (laughs) Yeah, it was it was just it was more about the idea that we had this opportunity to come back and be together, even bigger of a team, twenty odd people. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was great, but I was more in the moment with who I was with rather right. than what I was doing. <laughs> totally understand. Totally understand. Uh, what was it like logging all those innings, you know, and being the full fledged number one on the pitching staff? Uh, it was definitely a challenge. I had to figure out how to manage myself for all of those games um, because I had pitched multiple games, but then I'd obviously had breaks with other pitches. And even if I was back home, like I knew I'd pitched eight games in two days back with representatives, but I was like, that was only two days. Right. I then had a break for <laughs> couple of weeks where I could <laughs> rejuvenate. So uh, it was a different sort of learning curve, learning how to manage and 
maintain across all of the games. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting season. No doubt. Um, I got to ask about selection Sunday. Um, <laughs> I know you guys weren't happy at all by what happened, but I honestly have to ask because I can't get a grasp on the whole process. Like how does a team that's 41 and 11, like you guys were ranked 16 and a team being 39, and 13 being 14th. Like I, it, it all baffles me. Like do you, do you guys have any idea on how that selection is, is done? I know that, uh, a lot of it is based on strength of schedule. So who you play, what you do against them when you do play them, um, all of that sort of stuff, which we had kind of hoped would be a little bit more up there with the four game series that we were ended up playing to make up for our lack of strength, strength of schedule. But right. yeah, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> how that all works out. I've just been told they use strength of schedule, they figure that out, and then they figure out along the way who's going to match up with who. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's, it's all gibberish to me. I mean, cause I was watching, I watched it last year and I was like, what? I was like, how is Washington in the 16th seed and then has to face OU? Like, <laughs> it just didn't make any sense to me at all. But uh, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I have no so, anyway, speaking of, I know now I know it wasn't the outcome you're looking at like for that super regionals, but it had to be special to play that first NCAA softball game on a nationally televised audience. Oh, it was an incredible experience. Like just knowing that softball was getting that sort of broadcast was just honestly baffling. Like mm. I New softball was very popular in the States, much more popular than it is back in Australia. It's not one of the main sports in Australia for women. Um, or men, I suppose. We have both. Hmm. Um, so we had never really had that sort of level of widespread ability uh, back in Australia. And then coming to college, even just the level that they had was shocking to me. And then to get that extra boost was, I just, I thought I didn't realize that we could get any more, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I think after, uh, after the numbers that came in, you know, from your guys's game and of course the, the women's college world series, uh, it wouldn't yep. shock me at all that, that they're going to have, <laughs> they should have a weekly a weekly game as far as I'm concerned, like where they put on, you know, they pick a game for the week, have it. Cause I guarantee you the numbers would be there. Yeah. I can definitely see some big competitions for the entirety of the season all across the States. So yeah, it would definitely be a really great opportunity. Hopefully it comes, mm. but we'll see. I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Onto the Aussie national team here uh, for a bit. How honored were you to get named to the team back in 2016? I mean, you were the big old age of 17 <laughs> and make your debut at the Japan Cup. Uh, it was just, I, I think I didn't see it coming. Like I was this young one that I had played in a couple of juniors and played New South Wales, but the girls that were there had been playing at an international level for years. They played in Japan. They played in college. They played in Italy. Um, I personally had never really come up against them. Uh, I hadn't had that opportunity to. Um, so getting to meet all of them and see how professional they were, the environment that even just the Japan Cup offered, uh, it was a really great experience for someone my age no no don't and to think about it i mean what you've been pitching for three years at this point 2017 i pitched it those yeah maybe four four years i use something like that yeah either way that's that's incredible yeah it was insane for <laughs> sure <laughs> so let's go way back to 2019 because actually it's i mean it was two years two years ago but from all the all the girls that I've talked to on on the podcast here that that have been to the Olympics and qualified, 
2019 feels like a lifetime ago right now. <laughs> Same for oh, you. It really, it really does. It so much happened that it feels 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So you guys defeat China, qualify, punch your ticket to, to Tokyo. How amazing was that feeling? Oh, just everyone rushing onto the field for that last game and realizing that we had the opportunity to go to the Olympics when we had beaten teams that we had lost to before, won against before. So it was really, it really was going to be a tough competition just to even get there. Uh, just surreal, surreal experience. I've, Everyone was crying. Parents in the stands were crying. It was, yeah, just something you'll never forget. Goosebumps, for sure. (laughs) So when they got postponed, obviously tough moment for you. Yeah, definitely tough moment. Just not knowing what was going to happen, if we were going to get that opportunity again, because we didn't know what the future would hold, if we were going to go all the way back to a different selection process all of these things Mm. ran through everyone's minds and i think for a lot of people it was devastating but i'm just glad that we all did eventually get the opportunity to come back yep no doubt i mean after i mean after all the quarantines tests travel like you said you finally get to get to tokyo um how surreal was it when you arrive for the olympic games I don't think it really had kicked in until we actually got there. I have always been someone that I've never really felt too excited or too nervous or whatever until I get to the situation and then realize I'm actually there. Um, So even just getting named in the team after being in Japan for a month doing pre-camps, like it felt like it was there, but it still felt very far away. Mm. And then all of a sudden we were there and we were seeing people that we'd seen on TV and who we considered famous. Um, and we were seeing the other team, seeing the Olympic Village, the different stadiums we were going to be playing at. And it all came rushing in and it was like, whoa, we're actually we're actually here. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, I don't think I can quite describe the feeling that it brought. No, no doubt. I mean, you mentioned you don't realize you're nervous until it's there. I was going to add, were you nervous at all playing on that stage? I don't think I was too nervous. Um, I was more, I had gone into it with just the thought of enjoy it and take it all in. Like there's no reason to be nervous now. Like we've made it, we're here. Uh, there's six teams. All of us have punched our ticket here for a reason. So I went out there just going, enjoy it. You'll never get an experience like it potentially. Um, have as much fun as you can. Enjoy being around the girls mm-hmm. and just go for it. Was it weird playing with no fans? It was a bit odd. Um because I don't think you quite ever expect to play with no fans at something like that. Yeah. So, well, I had actually had a little bit of an experience with it, with how the conference seat, like the year had gone previously with. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dove. We weren't allowed very many fans. It was just essentially uh, maybe a hundred or, or so like family members in the stands. Right. So I was not too weirded out about it, but. Yeah, it was definitely odd. Yeah, no, no, dude. I mean, I talked to, like, since the games, I talked to Kaya on here since the Olympics and, and mm-hmm. uh, Janet Leung and, and Erica Polidori from the Canadian team. And I, yep. I said to them, I said, watching it on TV, I found the coolest thing was being able to hear you guys talk. Like, yep. that would have been something with fans we would have not got to experience. So, I mean, getting to hear you guys talk, whether it be, you know, about, I guess not game situations, but, uh, you know, talking to each other, that's something we wouldn't have got to experience. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I did hear about that. Um, I didn't realize that there were microphones quite so close. Yeah. So probably the thing that no one ended up swearing too much. Um, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it was it was very very quiet. They had little bits of background noises, but oh, right. yeah, very quiet. Yeah, I think Kaya said that was pretty weird with the with the background noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was kind of like whispers were happening around the stadium. It was a bit odd. <laughs> Imagine, geez. So moving forward, uh, I said on 2028 in LA. Hopefully, I'm not 100% sure what will, like, what the future will bring. Um, it would be just incredible to get that experience again. Mm. Um, I'm sure it's going to be back. I'm, I'm US hosting, you know, it's going to be back in the games. <laughs> yes, but the problem is we have to win and beat people there again good point good point everyone is just so competitive like unless japan um wins the world championships beforehand we have to compete against them we have to compete against china chinese taipei all of these teams all over again and like we'll have to be at our a a game just to compete with them on all of those scales so yeah hopefully we get the opportunity to but there's a lot of work that needs to be put in before that point. Very good point. Never even thought of that. <laughs> um, little thing I like to end the podcast with. Uh, it's called Player Association. I'm gonna throw. Mm-hmm. It, I'm gonna throw out some names to you, and okay. you can say as much or as little about them as you want. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start off with uh, Sis Bates. Ah, uh, energetic, f- fun, great teammate. Just. All good things. Amazing player. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just incredible. Uh, next is, uh, I touched on here, uh, past guest, Kaya Parnaby. Uh, good teammate. Uh, great pitcher. Um, very competitive. Great role model. And uh, good Aussie just in general. <laughs> awesome. Fellow, fellow Aussie, uh, captain Stacy Porter. Oh, um, incredible player, person, teammate, um, very professional, um, a lot of wisdom and knowledge and experience, uh, that, she brings with her everywhere she goes. No, no, no. I had Stacy on the podcast and after talking to her, I was like, oh, I would love to sit down and have a beer with Stacy, like, and just talk ball. Cause <laughs> I feel like the conversation would be going on for hours. <laughs> oh, she would have so many stories to tell. It would be incredible. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, next alumni of, uh, Washington, Daniel Laurie. Uh, also very professional, very strong, um, very great pitcher, knows exactly what she wants and goes for it. And yeah, just a really great person to learn from. Has, obviously, you've you met Dan, have you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what, coming in, coming into Washington, was it like looking at all the records that she had, were you like, wow, that's pretty crazy? <laughs> yeah, just... Getting here, I knew that the team had been good for and great for a long period of time, but just realizing how much effort and work she had to put into as with all of the girls through all of the years mm. uh, definitely left uh, an idea and a goal to strive for with all the teams that I've been a part of. Right on. Uh, two more. One. Part of our got part of our game here on the men's side. You know him pretty well, I think. Uh, cheese, Andrew Kirkpatrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, great person, great coach. Uh, he's very funny. Knows a lot about what he's doing. Uh, so very knowledgeable and um, definitely a lot of fun to be around. Have you seen to get him? Have you seen him pitch like in a in a game before? Only a couple of times. I we had the opportunity to hit against him, uh, pitching to us, not as fast obviously as he normally does. Um, but we got to warm up to hit against him in quite a few of our games, so that was a great experience. Just 
seeing mm. like just how the ball moves from yeah. a person at that standard as well was it was pretty cool yeah no doubt and last but not least coach heather tire uh, really good role model uh great coach always looking out for her teammates and team members and other coaches just wants what's best for the people around her and yeah a lot of knowledge awesome what a great way to end it gabby this has been awesome thanks so much for coming on uh i've been wanting to chat with you since i actually started the podcast so for you to come on this has been an absolute treat thank you so much for having me best of luck this season with the huskies i'll be i'll be cheering for you guys from up here in canada (laughs) take care see you later Chasing a dragon till I get it, I know it well We go day and day, oh, living this like it's show and tell Adrenaline pumping, accelerating through these late nights Addicted to the rush that keeps us up and it's the same life Red lipstick, broken wine glass Drink away the pain and blackout time lapse Do it all again, get your lights up Let them know you well known, a prisoner to our cell phone That's why we call them cell phones, it's funny, ain't it? Obsessed with success, flying high from sugar cane Fast food burger chain, can't break the routine Leg day, filling up on protein and poutine They say, get it done by all means, by all means We all fiends, pick your crutch Living in this big world on small screens Sip your cup and play your odds Put your dollar in the slot machine Scrub it till the pot is clean Pick your poison, what's your addiction, huh? Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.